Welcome to Fanatics Football, a football segment of the Fantasy Fanatics Podcast. I'm your host once again, James. I'm joined once again by Nate and Matt. Too. What's up, guys? So, how's it going? All right. In today's episode, we're recapping week four of the NFL season. We'll talk about some of the scores and what happened. Uh, and then we'll just jump right into our weekly fantasy pickups heading into week five. And then we'll just go right into previewing each game for week five. We'll talk about the fantasy options for each game. And then I guess we'll just sort of uh, predict our scores for each game. I guess who the winners are going to be. So, yeah, let's just hop right into it. Um, let's just start uh, with the Thursday game from week four, the Jacksonville Jaguars against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals get the win 24 to 21. Um, yeah. And just looking at some of the stats here, we'll start with the Bengals, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, he threw for 348 yards and two passing touchdowns. So a great day for him. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, Joe Mixon, 16 carries for 67 yards and a touchdown. So really solid. And then in terms of receiving, Tyler Boyd led this team, nine catches, 118 yards for him. CJ Uzama, five catches for 95 yards and two touchdowns. And then Jamar Chase, he had six catches for 77 yards, a good game for him. Um, I guess, Matty, I'll start with you on the Bengals. Um, I guess, what do you think about this team? Yeah, they're looking pretty solid. Definitely, I'm a bit surprised that they're three and one at this point, as I feel like they were... They are a rebuilding team, but uh, them being an overachievers at this point is really good for them. And for this game specifically, I'm kind of interested to see how CJ Uzoma does uh, later on in the season as, yeah, he had a great game. So it's going to be interesting to see if he can become fantasy relevant. Yeah, we'll definitely have to see about that. Um, I think uh, with, um, what's his name, T. Higgins being out, I think that probably contributed a little bit to some of the targets he had. Um, I guess we'll have to see uh, if Higgins will be back for this coming week. But um, yeah, just moving to Jacksonville, just getting to the stats, Trevor Lawrence threw for 204 passing yards. And then he also ran eight times for 36 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. So pretty decent game for him. James Robinson had 18 carries on the ground for 78 yards and two touchdowns. So he put in a lot of the work for this team. And then in terms of receiving, uh, LaVisca Chenault, uh, six catches for 99 yards and Dan Arnold, two catches for 29 yards. Marvin Jones only, only adding three catches for 24 yards. And Jamal Agnew had one big catch for 27 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Jaguars. They're 0-4. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, coaching issues going on with this team. I guess, what are your thoughts on Jacksonville's season? Um, I guess it's been a bit of a disappointment considering, um, I guess, Trevor Lawrence was supposed to be, I guess, the next big thing. But, I mean, this is still a rebuilding team, and the, the Jacksonville Jaguars weren't really um, too good last year either. So, I guess uh, it can only go up from from this point, I think. Yeah, for sure. The only ways up, hopefully um, they will get everything sorted out uh, with all the coaching and I guess just all the injuries as well. It looks like that DJ Chark's going to also be out for the remainder of the season. So that is a big blow for this team. But yeah, let's just move on to the next game. There's a pretty big upset here in overtime. The New York Jets beating the Tennessee Titans 27 to 24. I guess just starting with the Jets here, 
Uh, just looking at Zach Wilson, uh, he had threw for 297 passing yards and two touchdowns. He did have one interception. And then uh, just getting to the rushing, Michael Carter had 13 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. So uh, he seems to be the main back there now. Um, and then in terms of receiving, Corey Davis, four catches, 111 yards and a touchdown. Keelan Cole, three catches for 92 yards. Jamison Crowder, seven catches for 61 yards and a touchdown. And uh, Nate, I'll start with you. I mean, we thought this Jets team would go 117, but I mean, they actually got a win. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's pretty impressive by the Jets. I mean, um, yeah, we pretty much wrote them wrote them off for the most part, but I guess they were able to, I guess, find a way to kind of match Tennessee's offense. Yeah, I mean, there were a lot of injured players for Tennessee, but I mean, in the NFL, a win's a win, right? You can't complain uh, with the wins that you get. I'm just getting to Tennessee now. Ryan Tannehill threw for 298 yards and a passing touchdown. Derrick Henry rushed 33 times on the ground. That's a lot uh, for 157 yards and a touchdown. So he had a very good day. And then in terms of receiving Jeremy McNichols, eight catches for 74 yards, Chester Rogers, five catches for 63 yards, Josh Reynolds, six catches for 59 yards and Westbrook uh, Keen had three catches for 29 yards. Uh, the only touchdown through the air was Cameron Batson with where he had his one catch and Ahmed uh, to getting to on the Titans there's a lot of injuries for this team, and yeah, this was a rough loss. Yeah, rough loss. They Their defense is struggling at this point as uh, giving up 27 to the Jets is kind of alarming, but like you said, they had injuries to Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, so that really hurt them. With those guys, they uh, probably would win this game. Yeah, for sure. I think if they had other options to the air, I think Ryan Tannehill would have had a better game. So, uh, yeah, hopefully next game, it looks like A.J. Brown is practicing this week, so he might be back for next game. We'll just have to monitor that. Uh, moving to the next game, Kansas City Chiefs being the Philadelphia Eagles 42-30. to 30. Um, It looks like defense is still a problem for the Chiefs, but they do get it done here on offense. Pat Mahomes, uh, 278 passing yards, five touchdowns through the air, and one interception. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, 14 carries for 102 rushing yards. Uh, Daryl Williams, 10 carries for 42 yards and a touchdown. And then in terms of receiving Tyreek Hill, big day for him. 11 catches, 186 uh, receiving yards and three receiving touchdowns. He had a big day. Uh, Kelsey only adding four catches for 23 yards. And both Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Jody Fortson found the end zone through the air. Um, Matty, I'll get to you on the Chiefs. Uh, this is sort of the bounce back game they needed, but are you still concerned with their defense? Yeah, their defense is definitely concerning. I think they were ranked 32nd heading into this week. So I'm sure this 30 point performance doesn't help that out. So yeah, if they're going to be giving up 30 points, at least they have Patrick Mahomes to put up 30 plus as well. So yeah, he's pretty much their saving grace. Yeah, I think uh, Patrick Mahomes and this offense is definitely enough to get this team into the playoffs. The only problem is once you get to the playoffs and you face all of the teams with really good defenses. So I think that's where they might have the issue this year. But I think they are getting back on the right track in terms of being able to win games. But I guess uh, just getting to the Eagles now, uh, Jalen Hurts, 387 passing yards for two passing touchdowns. He had a really good game here. Uh, he also rushed eight times on the ground for 47 yards. Other than that, they don't seem to want to rush the ball much. Uh, Gainwell, three carries for 31 yards and a rushing touchdown. Sanders only had seven carries for 13 yards. And then getting to receiving, 
Devontae Smith, uh, seven catches, 122 receiving yards. Zachert, six catches for 60 yards. Kenneth Gainwell, six catches for 58 yards. And Dallas Goddard had five catches for 56 yards and a touchdown. Greg Ward also added a receiving touchdown that was a 15-yard catch. And uh, Nate, I'll get to you on the Eagles. Uh, they put up a lot of points. It was a bad defense uh, by the Chiefs, but what do you think about this team? Um, I guess this was kind of like uh, a must-needed win. I guess one thing that I like about this team is that um, the ball is kind of shared a lot. Um, I noticed a lot of players, they um, had, I guess, uh, pretty solid um, yard numbers, although obviously some get more, more than others. But it looks like everybody was um, used in this offense for the most part. So I guess that's something that kind of helps. Yeah, I mean, they still could be rushing a little bit more. I know Miles Sanders really didn't get a lot of work on the ground. But other than that, yeah, they did look really solid in this game. I think the main uh, thing is, uh, can the Eagles just carry it to the next game uh, against probably a, a better defense than what the Chiefs are putting out there? So we definitely have to see about that. Uh, getting to the next game, uh, Dallas Cowboys beating the Carolina Panthers 36-28. to uh, just looking at the Cowboys stats, Dak Prescott, 188 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. Then on the ground, Ezekiel Elliott had 20 carries for 143 yards and a touchdown. It was a really big day. And then Tony Pollard added 10 carries for 67 yards. Amari Cooper, three catches, 69 yards and a touchdown. Dalton Schultz, six catches, 58 yards and a touchdown. Cedric Wilson had two catches for 30 yards and a touchdown. And Blake Jarwin's one catch was for 18 yards and it was for a touchdown. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you on Dallas. Uh, I guess just talk about them in this game. Yeah, so uh, Dak didn't have the most impressive game, but he got four touchdowns, so that's really good. And he didn't really have to throw that much as the run game in Dallas has been working for the last couple of weeks now. So, yeah, we don't have to uh, pass 50 plus times like we did in week one. So that's uh, great for the team. And then Dalton Schultz has been playing great the last couple of weeks. So that's amazing as well. And the defense, uh, they do give up a lot of yards, like I said, but uh, Trayvon Diggs, he already has five interceptions. He leads the league in interceptions. So, yeah, the defense is making plays, getting uh, turn takeaways. Uh, it's looking good in Dallas. Yeah, for sure. Um, both offensively and defensively, they have been really solid. Um, just getting to the Carolina Panthers now, Sam Darnold, 301 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, and two interceptions. I assume both of those were from Trayvon Diggs. And uh, just getting to rushing, uh, Chuba Hubbard, uh, 13 carries, 57 rush yards. Sam Darnold, six carries, 35 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. So great production from him. And then getting to receiving, DJ Moore, eight catches, 113 receiving yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, Brandon Zylstra had two catches for 63 yards. Rodney Smith, five catches for 48 yards. And Robbie Anderson, five catches for 46 yards. Uh, Nate, just getting to you on this Panthers team. It's their first loss of the season, but what do you think about this team? Um, I still think this team is pretty solid, although I guess um, they just came up against um, a Dallas defense that's really good this year. Uh, normally, Carolina has like a pretty solid defense. They can normally protect both the pass and the run, but um, Dallas is pretty elite in both. And I guess um, it, it pretty much comes down to like, who's 
who has like the better offense. And I think without Christian McCaffrey, it's kind of hard for the Panthers to match that, match that even though um, Chuba Hubbard's pretty good. Yeah, I was going to say missing McCaffrey in this game was one of the main reasons why they didn't win. Um, but yeah, like you said, they are a solid team. Uh, the defense just didn't look the same. Um, but yeah, they should bounce back uh, next week for sure. Um, and then getting to the next game, uh, we have the New York Giants being the New Orleans Saints uh, by a score of 27 to 21. Uh, getting to the stats on the Giants, so we have Daniel Jones, 402 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, he did also have an interception on the ground. He also had four carries for 27 yards, but Saquon had 13 carries, 52 yards and a touchdown. So big day for him uh, in terms of receiving Kenny Galladay, six catches, 116 receiving yards. Kadarius Tony, six catches for 78 yards. John Ross, three catches, 77 yards and a touchdown. Saquon Barkley had five catches for 74 yards through the air and a touchdown. And yeah, uh, Evan Ingram, I believe, also had five catches for 27 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get right back to you on this Giants team. It's a big upset. They got their first win of the season here. Yeah, um, they played really solid. Um, I guess this was kind of what Giants fans were um, hoping for um, pretty much for the entire season. But uh, basically, everybody, um, I guess, played their best and they were able to match a pretty solid Saints team. Yeah, for sure. Um, this was definitely the Giants' best game of the season, for sure. Um, they just played pretty solid on both sides of the ball. Uh, but I will get to the Saints now. Um, in terms of passing, Jameis Winston, 226 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Um, and then in terms of rushing, Alvin Kamara, 26 carries, 120 rushing yards. So big day on the ground for him. Taysom Hill had six carries for 28 yards and two rushing touchdowns. And then in terms of receiving, Marquez Callaway, two catches for 74 yards. Deontay Harris, five catches for 52 yards. Uh, Ty Montgomery, three catches for 42 yards. And Juwan Johnson had two catches for 20 yards and a receiving touchdown. Uh, Meti, I'll get to you on the Saints. Uh, I honestly don't know what to think about this team this year. Yeah, I think the biggest problem for them is their lack of targets outside of Kamara. They don't really have the greatest playmakers, so... I think if they had a couple of guys who could make plays at the wide receiver or tight end position, they could honestly be a very competitive team. But since they don't have that right now, they're at 500 and they're trying to figure it out. So, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Kamara, he didn't even have one target in this game. So I think that's a problem in of itself. But uh, yeah, I think that he's the most effective when he's catching the ball out of the backfield and they need to get him doing that again. But just moving to the next game, um, the Cleveland Browns being the Minnesota Vikings by a score of 14 to 7. So very low scoring game here. Uh, in terms of Cleveland stats, Baker Mayfield, 155 passing yards for him. And then in terms of rushing, Nick Chubb, 21 carries for 100 yards. Kareem Hunt, 14 carries for 69 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, uh, Richard Higgins, four catches for 63 yards. Odell Beckham Jr., two catches for 27 yards. And that was pretty much most of the notables in terms of uh, receiving. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you first on the Browns. Yeah, this was a low-scoring game, but the Browns still came out on top. I was actually pretty surprised because I was expecting more of, um, I guess, a high-scoring game, if that makes sense, because normally uh, two teams with pretty solid offenses and pretty solid defenses 
normally you either get games like this or you get games with um, pretty high scores, like over 20 points. But I guess this ended up being a low scoring game, which kind of impressed me because normally Kirk Cousins can light up any team in the league, but Cleveland was uh, able to find a way to slow him down. Yeah, for sure. This is one of those games where it was just back and forth, three and outs, and uh, good defense played on both sides. Uh, and yeah, um, getting to the Viking stats here, Kirk Cousins threw for 203 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also had an interception. In terms of rushing, uh, not much here. Dalvin Cook, nine carries for 34 yards. Alex Madison, 10 carries for 20 yards. And then in terms of receiving, Justin Jefferson, six catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Adam Thielen, three catches for 46 yards. And then KJ Osborne, three catches for 26 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll get to you. Um, not much offensively from this Vikings team for the most part. Yeah, I think Cousins didn't have the worst game, but he didn't have the best game as well. I think the biggest problem for them was the fact that the Browns shut down Dalvin Cook. He's one of the best running backs in the game. So uh, for them to shut him down like that is really impressive. And yeah, they need a better game from him and they could have definitely won this game. Yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely think that Minnesota should be able to bounce back next week. And then as for Cleveland, yeah, they just they've looked really solid every game. So, uh, yeah, they're one of the top teams in the league for sure. Uh, getting to the next game, Chicago Bears being the Detroit Lions, 24 to 14. Um, Justin Fields, uh, his second start seemed a lot better, more comfortable. He did throw for 209 passing yards, but he did have an interception. Uh, and then in terms of rushing, David Montgomery, 23 carries, 106 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. So big game for him. Then Damian Williams, who I guess replaced him after the injury, eight carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. So solid game from him as well. And then uh, in terms of receiving Darnell Mooney, five catches for 125 yards, Allen Robinson, three catches for 63 yards and Damian Williams, two catches for 15 yards. Um, I guess Matt I'll start with you on the bears. Uh, they looked much better in this game. I guess, what do you think about this team? Yeah, they did look better as their defense has actually been pretty good this season. Uh, it's just the offense has been kind of shaky and, like you said, Justin Fields did look better this week. Hopefully he keeps improving. Uh, David Montgomery going down is a big blow for them. He's been amazing this season. So, yeah, they definitely need him. But Damien Williams, I think he could do a good job filling in. As uh, we saw it with the Chiefs, he's a really good player. Uh, I'm kind of surprised, though, that Allen Robinson, he's kind of struggling this year as – I feel like he's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. So, yeah, I'd like to see him uh, play better uh, in the coming weeks. Yeah, I think the targets, I guess, need to be there because when you're targeting this guy, we know he can catch pretty much any ball on the field. So um, just targeting him more is probably the answer to that question. And then, yeah, just getting to the Lions here, Jared Goff, 299 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. Uh, in terms of rushing, Jamal Williams, 14 carries for 66 yards. DeAndre Swift, eight carries for 16 yards. Then through the air, Quintez Cephas, four catches, 83 yards. Amonor St. Brown, six catches for 70 yards. Khalif Raymond had three catches for 46 yards and two touchdowns. Then TJ Hawkinson had four catches for 42 yards, while DeAndre Swift had four catches for 33 yards. 
Um, Nate, I'll get to you on the Lions. Yeah, they've lost their first four games of the season. I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I guess it was a little bit disappointing since um, I guess maybe they were hoping they could try to go for an upset, but uh, Chicago was pretty solid both on offense and I think on defense a little bit as well because um, I think Detroit's um, run game is normally pretty strong. They have DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, but neither of them were able to get touchdowns. So I feel like the score would have been closer if um, they were able to, I guess, um, beat the Chicago Bears defense in terms of running. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the run defense really uh, stopped those two. So most of the work was done through the air from this Lions team. Uh, but getting to the next game, uh, this game was borderline unwatchable. Um, I was catching a little bit of it and 40 nothing. The Bills just hammered the Houston Texans. This game wasn't even close. So just getting to the stats, Josh Allen, 248 passing yards and two uh, passing touchdowns. He did have one interception. They even brought Trubisky in for a little bit. So, I mean, uh, this game was just really out of reach at that point. Devin Singletary, 14 carries for 79 yards. Zach Moss, 14 carries also, but he had 61 yards and a touchdown. Josh Allen had six carries for 41 yards. And Mitch Trubisky had four carries for 10 yards and a touchdown. Um, getting to the air, um, Stefan Diggs, seven catches, 114 yards. Emmanuel Sanders, five catches for 74 yards. Dawson Knox, five catches for 37 yards and two touchdowns, while Cole Beasley had two catches for 16 yards. Nate, there's not really much to say here, but I guess what are your thoughts on the Bills? Um, I mean, like you said, there's not much to say. They were um, really solid on both offense and defense. I mean, being able to hold the team to zero points. I mean, that's a pretty uh, good defensive effort as well. Um, it looks like uh, Josh Allen is just basically doing whatever he wants this game. And I guess he's been doing this to a lot of um, defenses as well. So I guess the question is um, what defenses out there could kind of compete with this team? Yeah, for sure. I mean, they're, they're playing so well offensively. Defensively, they played so well. Like, just looking at the Texan stats, Davis Mills, he only threw for 87 yards, and he threw four interceptions, so really didn't have a good day. Uh, Mark Ingram, six carries for 24 yards on the ground, while David Johnson had five for 21 only. And then through the air, Brandon Cooks, five catches, 47 yards. David Johnson had three catches for 27. That was pretty much it. Everyone else just pretty much uh, didn't do anything here. Uh, Mete getting to on the Texans. I just feel like they need Tyrod Taylor to come back. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. They've looked completely different without Tyrod Taylor. As with him, they were putting up points. Uh, they beat the Jaguars and they were staying competitive with the Browns. So, yeah, they definitely need him back. The defense can't be giving up 40 points, but also the offense needs to score as. Uh, zero points is not going to cut it. Yeah, against any team, zero points doesn't cut it. You got to be able to move the ball a little bit. I mean, Davis Mills, he's technically the third most talented quarterback on this depth chart right now. Obviously, the first two are not in the lineup, so he's been having to start, and it just hasn't gone well for him. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. He's got a tough Patriots defense to go up against that picked off Zach Wilson four times. So, it might be another rough day for him if he can't get it together. But just getting to the next game, the Colts get their first win of the season, 27-17 over the Dolphins. Uh, 
look at the stats here. Carson Wentz, 228 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. And then on the ground, Jonathan Taylor, 16 carries, 103 yards and a touchdown. Marlon Mack had 10 carries for 22 yards. Then through the air, Michael Pittman, six catches for 59 yards. Zach Pascal, four catches for 44 yards. Then Mo Ali Cox had three catches for 42 yards and two touchdowns. Mete getting two on the Colts. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, my thoughts is that this was a much needed win for the Colts as it's their first one, like you said. And I feel like uh, their record doesn't really uh, tell you the story of this team as they're way better than a one one and three team. They've had to go up against uh, the Seahawks, Rams already, and I'm forgetting the third one. Titans. So, yeah, Titans. Wait. They played the tight. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so they've had three tough matchups. They finally get a good one here, and they win. So, yeah, I think they're definitely going to turn it around now. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know they will be getting the Ravens this coming week, so they're going to definitely have to play one of their better games. But, yeah, they do look really solid. Um, everyone said this was supposed to be a Jacoby Brissett revenge game. He did play well. He had 119 yards and two passing touchdowns, but it uh, just didn't come through for them. Uh, on the ground, Malcolm Brown, eight carries for 23 yards, and that was pretty much everything that was notable. And uh, then through the air, Devontae Parker, four catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Mike Gesicki, five catches, 57 yards, and a touchdown. And then Jalen Waddle, three catches for 33 yards. Nate getting two on the Dolphins. This team really looks like they need Tua back. Every game that Tua's been out, they've lost. Yeah, I guess he's kind of like the, I guess, like the spark that kind of um, raises everybody. But I still think uh, Jacoby Brissett was pretty solid. I think the the biggest thing that I noticed was kind of like the run game. Um, it doesn't look like there was a lot of yard uh, yardage. Malcolm Brown didn't um, really, I guess, do too, too much um, in terms of running and neither did uh, Miles Gaskin. So... I guess maybe they could try some more running and see how it works. Yeah, but then again, the Colts do have a very good run defense, so you can't really uh, blame them. The Colts have a, just a very good defense overall. Um, but yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, Brissett did play really well in that game. So yeah, hopefully they do get a win in the upcoming weeks. But yeah, it's definitely going to be tough for sure. Um, getting to the next game, Washington football team beating the Atlanta Falcons 34-30. Uh, looking at the football team first, Taylor Heineke, 270 passing yards and three passing touchdowns. He also added five carries on the ground for 43 yards, so a great day for him. Antonio Gibson, 14 carries, 63 yards and a touchdown, uh, really solid for him. And then uh, in terms of receiving, Terry McLaurin, six catches, 123 yards and two receiving touchdowns. J.D. McKissick, five catches for 44 yards and a touchdown. And yeah, that was pretty much everything notable. The other notable thing, uh, Logan Thomas going down with an injury. So that's really going to hurt this team. But uh, Nate, getting to you on Washington, I guess, what are your thoughts? Um, I think this was um, pretty solid in terms of um, offense. Um, I noticed that Taylor Heineke didn't get any interceptions, which is really good. Their run game's looking really good. Um, I guess Terry McLaurin had a really good game as well. I guess the only thing is um, trying to be able to stop teams with really good offenses like the Falcons. Yeah, for sure. And another guy that didn't throw any interceptions today was Matt Ryan. He had 283 passing yards and four passing touchdowns. So a great game for him. 
Um, and then in terms of rushing, Cordell Patterson, six carries for 34 yards. Wayne Gallman, six carries for 29 yards. But the man who got the most attempts was Mike Davis. He had 13 carries for 14 yards. So that's a rough day for him, not really getting anything going there. Uh, in terms of receiving, Cordell Patterson, five catches, 82 yards and three touchdowns. This guy is just lighting it up. I don't know how he keeps doing it, but he's looking really solid. Calvin Ridley, seven catches for 80 yards. He had a good day as well. Kyle Pitts, four catches for 50 yards. And Hayden Hurst had four catches for 29 yards. Mike Davis adding a receiving touchdown on his two catches for 12 yards. Uh, Matt, I'll get to you on the Falcons. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team so far? Yeah, I feel like uh, they're kind of starting to play better as I think they pick up their first win uh, two weeks ago. And now, they put up 30 points, which is great as earlier on in the year, the first two weeks, I think they were having trouble scoring. So the offense is picking it up. And like you said, uh, Cordell Patterson, he's been really impressive. Yeah, for sure. Um, he's definitely been the main spark in this offense um, ever since they started using him both on the ground and through the air. He's just showing that he has a lot of talent and he's been underutilized on most of the teams he's been on. So definitely He's been really solid. Uh, let's get to the next game here. Seattle Seahawks being the San Francisco 49ers, 28 to 21. Let's get to the Seahawks first here. Russell Wilson, 149 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. He also added four carries for 26 yards and a rushing touchdown as well. Uh, and then uh, Alex Collins, 10 carries for uh, 44 yards and a touchdown. Chris Carson, 13 carries for only 30 yards. And then in terms of receiving, DK Metcalf, four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. Alex Collins, two catches for 34 yards. Tyler Lockett, four catches for 24 yards. And Freddie Sweeney, three catches for 20 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mete, what are your thoughts on the Seahawks team, I guess, beating the 49ers? Yeah, this is a big win for them. Uh, division win, so those always come in handy, especially uh, late in the season. And... I don't know. I feel like their defense is all right outside of uh, for their offense, outside of uh, Carson, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. They don't have the uh, greatest weapons. So, yeah, I feel like they need a couple more weapons. Yeah, for sure. And um, I guess just getting to the 49ers now, uh, it looks like Jimmy Grappolo goes down in this game. He did have 165 uh, passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also had an interception. Uh, then Trey Lance comes in. Uh, he threw for 157 yards and two passing touchdowns. He was really solid. Um, I guess just overall, uh, Trey Lance coming in to the game, uh, they, they caught up. They couldn't get the win, but uh, it was definitely uh, really solid. Uh, getting to the rushing, uh, Trey Sermon, nine carry, 19 carries for 89 rushing yards. Um, and then in terms of receiving Debo Samuel, eight catches for 156 yards and two touchdowns. Kyle Juszczyk, four catches for 41 yards. George Kittle, four catches for 40 yards. Mohamed Sanu had four catches for 35 yards. And then Ross Dwelly had one catch that was for a 21-yard touchdown. Um, Nate, let me get to you on this 49ers team. Of course, Trey Lance comes in for Jimmy Grappolo after he gets hurt. A lot of people expected this when the draft happened and they took Trey Lance. Uh, we know Jimmy's had a lot of injuries in the past. I guess, what are your thoughts on this team going forward? Um, I mean, Trey Lance does look um, pretty good for a rookie. The only thing that's kind of 
I guess, concerning me is his uh, completion. I think he had 18 attempts, but only nine of uh, only nine of them um, hit hit their target. So that might be something that could be kind. I guess something that might have to be addressed going forward. But I think overall, both in terms of passing and running, they can get downfield. It's just um, finding their way into the end zone that they kind of need to figure out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he wasn't even prepared to start in this game, so I'm kind of just going to be a bit lighter on him. Um, if he does the same next week, have a bad completion, then I think we can sort of talk about how he needs to improve. But, I mean, in a, in his first uh, full NFL game where he didn't even know he was going to be starting, I think he played pretty solid, to be honest. I think uh, he did well in fantasy. Uh, he tried to help them uh, win this game, but, of course, couldn't get it done. So I guess we definitely have to see what he's going to look like going forward. Um, another game in that division, actually, the Arizona Cardinals being the LA Rams, 37 to 20. So big win for them. Uh, Kyler Murray, 268 passing yards and two passing touchdowns. He also had six carries for 39 yards on the ground. And then also on the ground, Chase Edmonds had 12 carries for 120 yards. James Conner had 18 carries that went for 50 yards and two touchdowns. Um, and then I guess through the air, AJ Green had five catches for 67 yards and a touchdown. DeAndre Hopkins had four catches for 67 yards. And then Max Williams had five catches for 66 yards and a touchdown. Um, Nate, I'll get right back to you on the Cardinals. This is the only undefeated team left in the league. Yeah, it looks like every team that they beat, they find a way to kind of come out on top and I was actually expecting the Rams to, um, I guess, be even more more competitive or maybe even uh, beat the Cardinals. But um, it looks like uh, both in offense and defense, um, they're elite in both aspects. Yeah, for sure. You, you mentioned it. Even the defense looked really solid here. Rams really couldn't get much going until late. Um, but yeah, Matthew Stafford, he had 280 passing yards and two touchdowns. He also had an interception. Daryl Henderson rushed 14 times for 89 rushing yards. And then in terms of receiving, Van Jefferson had six catches for 90 yards and a touchdown. Cooper Cup, five catches for 64 yards. Robert Woods, four catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. Tyler Higby, four catches for 38 yard, for 36 yards, sorry. And then Daryl Henderson had five catches for 27 yards. Uh, Matty, I'll get to you on the Rams. This is probably their worst game of the season, I guess. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's definitely their worst game of the season That's as it's their first loss. And, yeah, I feel like they got to play better defense and they'll be fine, honestly. Uh, it's just their first loss. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't think it's anything to be concerned about. It's a divisional game. Those are always back and forth. You don't really know who's going to come out on top. But, yeah, they definitely should be really solid going forward. Um, getting to the next game, actually, Green Bay Packers being the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, by a score of 27 to 17. Uh, looking at the stats for the Packers here, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 248 passing yards and two passing touchdowns for him. Uh, in terms of rushing, A.J. Dillon led this team, 15 carries for 81 yards. Aaron Jones also had 15 carries, but he only had 48 yards, and Aaron Rodgers rushed for a rushing touchdown, so good for him. And then in terms of receiving, uh, Randall Cobb was the main guy here. Five catches, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. Devontae Adams had six catches for 64 yards. Aaron Jones, three catches for 51 yards. And Alan Lazard had two catches for 33 yards. Uh, Mete, I'll just get to you on the Packers. Um, this team's really turned it around. They seem really solid every game now. I guess, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, definitely turn it around. That's three wins in a row for them. Uh, Rodgers is looking great again. Aaron Jones is starting to play better. Devontae Adams always uh, having great games. And yeah, even A.J. Dillon this game, he had a pretty good game. So uh, yeah, uh, Packers playing better defense and offense, and they look like their old selves again. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. This team looked really good here. Um, getting to the Steelers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, 232 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also had an interception. Uh, Najee Harris, 15 carries for 62 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown. And then in terms of receiving, Deontay Johnson, nine catches for 92 yards and a touchdown. James Washington, four catches for 69 yards. Najee Harris, six catches for 29 yards. And Juju Smith-Schuster, only two catches for 11 yards. Uh, Mete, or not Mete, uh, Nate, I'll get to you. Um, this Pittsburgh offense, um, they just really haven't done much. Uh, even in the, the win they had against Buffalo, just every game this year, they just really haven't been able to pull out the wins. Yeah, I think they've been kind of relying um, more on their defense to slow other teams down. But um, Green Bay is not one of those teams that you can kind of rely on being able to slow down. So I guess they're going to have to try to, I guess, figure something out. It looks like from, for the most part, in terms of rushing and passing, they were able to get into the end zone, but um, they just weren't able to do that enough. Yeah, they did have a defensive special teams touchdown that was called back, but even then they still would have lost the game, even if that was on the board. So um, yeah, this Pittsburgh defense, if they're the ones scoring the points, that's not enough. This offense definitely uh, needs to turn things around for sure. All right, getting to the next game, uh, we have the Baltimore Ravens beating the Denver Broncos 23-7. to uh, Just looking at the, the Ravens here, um, Lamar Jackson, 316 rushing yards, sorry, 316 passing yards and a passing touchdown. He also added 28 rushing yards on the ground. And then uh, in terms of other rushers, Latavius Murray, 18 carries for 59 yards and a touchdown. Uh, through the air, Marquise Brown, four catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and then James Proch had five catches for 74 yards. Mark Andrews had five catches for 67 yards. And Sammy Watkins had four catches for 49 yards. Um, I guess, uh, Mete, I'll just get to you on this Ravens team. Um, yeah, they looked pretty solid uh, most of the game, both on offense and defense. Yeah, definitely. They looked solid and... This is an impressive game by Lamar Jackson as he's usually uh, running for more yards. So for him to be able to throw for 300 is great as we've seen all the memes of him being a running back. He's trying to prove people wrong and performances like this definitely will. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't I don't know when was the last time he had 300 passing yards, but really good on him. Uh, getting to the Broncos, of course, Teddy Bridgewater started this game. He had 65 passing yards and a passing touchdown. Of course, he leaves this game with an injury. Uh, Drew Locke comes in. It's pretty disastrous for him. Only 12 for 21, 113 passing yards and an interception. This team just really didn't get off the ground after that. Uh, in terms of rushing, Melvin Gordon, nine carries, 56 yards. Javante Williams, seven carries for 48 yards. Then in terms of receiving, just really not much here. Noah Fant, six catches, 46 yards and a touchdown. Corlin Sutton, three catches for 47 yards and a touchdown. Then Tim Patrick had three catches for 39 yards. But that was pretty much it uh, from there. 
Um, Nate, I'll get to on the Broncos. I guess, are they in trouble if Teddy Bridgewater is out for an extended period of time? I think that's kind of a possibility. Um, I guess, I guess one thing to keep in mind is that, um, the Ravens are a pretty solid defense. So that's something, something to take into consideration, but at the same time, there's a lot of teams this year with good defenses. So, um, I guess Drew Locke is going to have to, I guess, find a way to, I guess, be somewhat of a substitute to Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, he's going to have to be better than what he was in this game. He's going to have a tough test uh, next week against the Pittsburgh Steelers, so we'll definitely have to see about that. Um, And then getting to the Sunday night game, it was a big game here, of course, Tampa Bay visiting the New England Patriots, a big homecoming for Tom Brady. He does get the win here, Tampa Bay beating New England 19-17, to obviously, uh, we saw that heartbreaking um, doink off of the pipe for the New England Patriots. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, solid game from both sides. This Bucks defense, I think, was more solid than their offense. Brady did still throw quite a bit. He had 269 passing yards. And then in terms of rushing, um, Leonard Fournette, he had 20 carries for 92 yards. Ronald Jones had six carries for 25 yards and a rushing touchdown. Then through the air, Mike Evans, seven catches for 75 yards. Antonio Brown, seven catches for 63 yards. Chris Godwin, three catches, 55 yards. And Leonard Fournette had three catches for 47 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you on Tampa Bay. Uh, Brady got the win against New England. I guess, what are your thoughts on this game? Um, I feel like this was more of a defensive game and trying to slow each other down. But um, I guess... Uh, I guess uh, Tom Brady, he's still Tom Brady. He found a way to win even with all the um, different types of defenses being thrown at him. Um, I guess this is a, a more particularly difficult game because Bill Belichick uh, knows how to play against uh, Tom Brady probably more than most other quarterbacks. But it looks like um, they were still uh, pretty solid, really solid rushing, really solid uh, passing. Yeah, I definitely think if the Patriots would have scored that field goal, it would have put a lot more pressure on Tom Brady to try and come back down the field with around a minute or less left on the clock. So that definitely would have been interesting, but still a win for Tampa Bay here. Uh, Getting to New England stats, Mac Jones, uh, 275 passing yards, two passing touchdowns and an interception. Of course, uh, Jacoby Myers completed his two attempts for 45 yards and some nice trick plays there. Um, In terms of rushing, it really wasn't much here. I believe the the Pats net rushing was negative one on the day. Um, of course, there was fumbles from JJ Taylor and Nelson Aguilar couldn't hold on to the ball. It was just pretty disastrous for this team rushing, but receiving it was really solid. Jacoby Myers, eight catches for 70 yards. Kendrick Bourne, five catches, 58 yards. Nelson Aguilar, three catches, 55 yards. Brandon Bolden, six catches, 51 yards. Hunter Henry, four catches for 32 yards and a touchdown. And Jonu Smith, three catches for 14 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mete getting two on the Patriots. I guess, what are your thoughts on this homecoming game for them? Yeah, honestly, it's kind of an impressive uh, showing by the Patriots. Like you said, they lose on a doink and a couple inches, and uh, they would be leading this game. And who knows, maybe the defense gets a stop as... Uh, the defense played great this game, holding the Buccaneers to 19 is not an easy task. And yeah, especially considering the fact that they couldn't run the ball at all. This is 
yeah, a really impressive uh, showing for the Patriots and Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, not being able to run the ball. This is one of the best run defenses in the league in Tampa Bay, so I can't really blame the Patriots for that. Um, yeah, I guess uh, this is sort of just a stepping stone game for them, I guess, being able to hang with the defending champs. I know Dallas being able to do that has uh, pretty much been great for the rest of their season. Hopefully this will sort of propel, I guess, New England season forward in that sense. Uh, just being able to hang with some of the good teams, I guess, in the league. But um, let's move to the Monday night game now. Uh, L.A. Chargers being the Las Vegas Raiders, 28-14. to 14. Uh, In terms of the stats here, Justin Herbert, 222 passing yards and three passing touchdowns, really solid. Uh, on the ground, Austin Eckler, 15 carries, 117 yards and a touchdown. Larry Roundtree, 11 carries for 31 yards. Then in terms of receiving, Jared Cook, six catches for 70 yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen, seven catches for 36 yards. Steven Anderson, one catch for 34 yards. Austin Eckler, three catches for 28 yards and a touchdown. And Donald Parham at two catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mette, I'll start with you on this Chargers team. Uh, this is a big statement win for them in their division. Yeah, big statement win. Uh, giving the Raiders their first loss. Justin Herbert not showing any signs of a sophomore slump. He's been great this season. Uh, same for Eckler. He's looked really good this season again. Uh, this is the first bad game Mike Williams had, so we can allow that. And yeah, holding the Raiders to 14, who uh, have been beating teams like the Ravens, uh, is pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the Raiders really struggled to get any offense going in this game. Derek Carr, rough outing for him, 196 passing yards. He did have two passing touchdowns, but one interception. In terms of rushing, Josh Jacobs, 13 carries for 40 yards. Not much else there. Uh, and then in terms of receiving, Henry Ruggs, three catches for 60 yards. Darren Waller, four catches for 50 yards and a touchdown. And then Hunter Renfro, uh, six catches for 45 yards and a touchdown. And then Josh Jacobs also had five catches, but only 17 yards. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you on this Raiders team. It's their first loss. I guess, what were your thoughts on this game? I guess this was kind of um, maybe a bit of kind of like a matchup kind of thing because the Chargers have a really good pass defense. Um, Derek Carr likes to throw the ball a lot. So um, I guess in terms of that, um, the Chargers had a bit of an advantage there in terms of kind of the, the way both teams like to um, play football. So I guess... Um, I guess the biggest takeaway would be trying to find a way to kind of uh, mix it up and kind of keep other teams guessing. Because if you, I guess sometimes when you try to stick to your guns and the other team happens to be good against your style of play, it's, it's a little rough. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I think that the Raiders will definitely bounce back next game. Um, I know they're known to start out strong, but hopefully they can continue playing strong over the course of the season. Uh, let's just move into our fantasy pickups for the week. Um, we'll start with running backs here. I'll get to you first, Mete. Who's your running back pickup for the week? Yeah, so for this week, I'd go for Michael Carter. Uh, he's winning more carries. It looks like he's becoming the starting uh, running back for the Jets offense. And he had a solid fantasy game last week. He put a, up around 10 points in half PPR, and he's a rookie, so... Uh, he's going to improve as the season goes along. So, yeah, Michael Carter. All right. And then my running back pickup for the week is Damian Williams for obvious reasons. 
Uh, he had a great fantasy day last game. Um, and then uh, David Montgomery also goes down with an injury. Should be out for about four to five weeks, they said. So uh, if you pick up Williams, you should be able to use him uh, for most matchups within those four to five weeks. So definitely uh, a solid pickup in my books. Uh, he's he, he was owned, I believe, uh, between like 5 and 10% only uh, coming into the week. He's definitely going to be owned more than that. So definitely go pick him up. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for your running back pickup of the week. So I guess I got uh, two guys that you might want to take a look at. Uh, first would be Alex uh, Collins. Um, I think he had 14.8 fantasy points last week. Um, he might get to start this week because uh, Chris Carson is questionable. So um, I guess Alex Collins, he has an opportunity to, I guess, um, get, I guess, fantasy points that are kind of similar to what he got last week. And I guess my second one would be um, Jeremy Nickel. He's more... He's more of like a high risk, I guess, deep league pick. He did get uh, 12.5 fantasy points last week against a uh, weaker Jacksonville defense. He is also questionable as well. And then there's the, I guess, will, I guess, will the uh, main guys, AJ Brown and Julio Jones, come back? That's going to kind of affect Jeremy uh, Nichols a bit because he's, he's, he was used more as a, I guess, catching back last week. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess another guy you can add to that list is Samaj P. Ryan for the Cincinnati Bengals, as we don't know about Joe Mixon's status either. So he also is another one of those guys that could be getting the start. Um, obviously, um, you should be adding Kenneth Gainwell, as he seems to be out snapping uh, Miles Sanders, especially in the passing game. So that's another guy to look out for in terms of running backs. But I'll definitely get to wide receivers now. Mette, I'll start with you. Who's your wide receiver pickup for the week? Yeah, I actually went for another New York Jet, uh, Jamison Crowder. He finally came back from injury, and he looked great out there. He had nine targets. I think he caught seven of them for 60-plus yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, he led the team in targets, and looks like he's uh, Zach Wilson's favorite target again, or now. Yeah, for sure. He definitely has become that main slot receiver for this team. Uh, he's definitely someone that you want to be taking a look at if you need targets. And then um, another guy that's been getting a lot of targets, but he finally saw the production is Darnell Mooney. I'm going to talk about him for my pickup of the week. I mean, the guy was consistently getting like seven or eight targets a game, but really the offense wasn't constructing them well enough for him to be able to do anything with it. Um, and it looks like uh, Justin Fields is coming to his own. He's going to be the starter going forward. This week he took uh, – uh, seven targets into and he turned into five catches and 125 receiving yards so um, if he can take that large target share he's getting he seems to be getting more than Allen Robinson lately if you can turn that into something big every week you definitely have a guy that you can you know at least start in the flex every week so I definitely like uh, what I see with Darnell Mooney and then Nate I'll just get to you for your wide receiver pickup of the week so I guess my uh, pickup would be uh, Van Jefferson um he had, I think, 18 fantasy points last week against the Cardinals, which is pretty impressive. He does have a decent catch rate, but the only question is kind of his, um, I guess, tar his targets. He usually gets under seven, but he does get uh, big, big gains as well when he does get targeted. But it's a little inconsistent because he's more of like a slot receiver. Um He's also touchdown dependent as well, but he's playing against the Seahawks team with, uh, I guess, a pass defense that's not as strong as it used to be in previous years. So I feel like if you're in a deep league, you should def definitely take a look at him. 
Yeah, for sure. And I guess other guys you can take a look at would be AJ Green, Hunter Renfro, we've mentioned before, uh, LaVisca Chenault because of the, all the injuries there, and um, potentially Randall Cobb if he becomes very consistent in this offense. I know uh, we could mention Josh Gordon, but we don't know when he's going to play his first games, and we know the risks involved with him. So he's another name you can just throw into the hat there. Um, let's just get to quarterbacks now. Uh, Nate, I'll get to you for your quarterback pickup for the week. So I guess um, my pickup for the week would be Taylor Heineke. Um, he's had 20 fantasy points over the last uh, three weeks, so he's been uh, pretty solid. So, yeah, I think he's a pretty solid quarterback. The only thing that you might want to be concerned about is that he's facing a Saints defense that's pretty tough. But um, I think if he has, um, I guess, a week anywhere uh, near the, the last three weeks, that would still be kind of a solid outing for him. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know uh, I've been pumping him up. I think even last episode I said he's pretty much a must start now. It's gotten to that point every game he started he's at at least 20 he's had at least 20 points in half point ppr so yeah you got to roll him out there you got to pick him up if he's available in your league um i guess other names we mentioned sam darnold last week trey lance is now a starter i think he had 20 points in his first uh half game as a starter so as in a full game you never know how much he's going to get and then of course daniel jones has been playing really well also so he's definitely another guy you can look at um, let's get to tight ends now. Um, Matty, I'll start with you. Who's your tight end pickup for the week? Yeah, so I have Ricky Seals-Jones, and this might come as a surprise, but now that Logan Thomas is on IR, I think Ricky Seals-Jones becomes the starter. And like you guys said, you have Tyler Heineke, uh, Tyler Heineke, Heineke, oh my goodness, on your radar. So yeah, I really like him too. He's a great player. Uh, he plays with a great quarterback. I think they'll have a nice connection. And yeah, I feel like Seals Jones, he's going to become fantasy relevant as football team. They don't have the greatest targets there. Yeah, honestly, when it comes to the tight end landscape, uh, there's only about like five or six guys that are super consistent. And then other than that, you're just looking for guys that are going to find the end zone. So, I mean, I have Dawson Knox here. Um, he's just been finding the end zone. That's why I'm saying pick him up. I don't know if the target share is going to be there every week against Kansas City. It might be, it might not be. You just have to, I guess, find out. Um, he is being picked up, so definitely take a look at him. I guess other names you can look at. We talked about Dalton Schultz last week. Um, CJ Uzama had one big game. I don't know if you can read a lot into it. Uh, Jared Cook, uh, Max Williams, Ackerts, and, you know, there, there's just a bunch of names. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is another guy you can just throw in there, like you said. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, if he's if he's going to get the targets, I mean, he's worth a look. So definitely take a look at him. And yeah, that's going to pretty much be the end of our pickups for this week. Uh, we'll now get into uh, the games uh, for this coming week of week five. Um, Mete, I'm going to start with you. Get us to the Thursday game. It's the LA Rams against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, so for the Rams, uh, for fantasy, you would want to start Matthew Stafford. Daryl Henderson Jr., Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. I know he's been inconsistent, but uh, continue to roll him out. And uh, yeah, Van Jefferson in deeper leagues, you could even take a look at him. And then for Seattle, uh, I'd probably start Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, DK Metcalf, and then Tyler Lockett. Uh, 
like I said, they need more weapons, and these are pretty much the only guys I can trust there right now. Yeah, especially with Gerald Everett on the COVID list. I know he was finding the end zone quite a bit, but we don't know if he'll be back for uh, this uh, early week game. So definitely got to check that out for sure. Um, let's look at the spread for this game. It uh, looks like the Rams are favored by two and a half points. Uh, Mete, I'll start with you. Which way are you leading here? I'm actually going for the Seahawks. Uh, they're at home. They're on the plus side. So, yeah, I feel like Seahawks should win this game. and. I'm going with them. Uh, Nate, what about you? Which way are you leaning? Um, I guess I'll uh, lean with the Rams on this one. Yeah, for me, I am so split down the middle with this game. Um, I guess if this was at a neutral game site, I would just like the Rams to win outright. I think they're the better overall team. The Seahawks are at home, and they have this Thursday winning streak that I think it stretches out like nine Thursday night games or something. It's something insane like that. Um, but yeah, I really think this Rams team is just better overall. Um, this game's probably going to be high scoring. It's going to be a shootout the way these division games always are in the NFC West. Um, honestly, I would lean the Rams uh, just because uh, I don't know if Chris Carson's going to play. I think that could hurt the Seahawks here. Um, yeah, so I would slightly lean with the Rams at the minus two and a half. Um, and then getting to the next game, I believe this is the London game. It's the New York Jets against the Atlanta Falcons. Nate, break it down for us for fantasy. So I guess some um, players that you'd want to start for Atlanta would be um, Corderell Patterson, Calvin Ridley, and Kyle Pitts. You could start um, Matt Ryan as well, but I feel like it's more of like um, he's more of a deeper league start. If you have somebody in a shallow league and you have another quarterback, I I'd rather um, start them over Matt Ryan, mainly because he's kind of streaky as a passer. And I guess for uh, New York, I would say Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder are kind of um, the most reliable um, uh, pickups that you could kind of start for um, New York. Um, I guess what's your opinion on someone like Michael Carter at running back? Michael Carter? Um... I guess maybe you could start Michael Carter, but I'm just not really too sure about how he's going to um, perform this game. So I decided not to start him. Yeah, I know the Falcons do have a better run defense than their pass defense. So, yeah, I think it is wise just to sort of temper your expectations if you're starting Michael Carter, maybe only in a deep league. Um, let's get to the spread here. The Falcons are favored by three points. Uh, Nate, which way are you leaning in this game? Um, I mean, New York did get an upset against the Falcons. I mean, against the Titans. So um, there's a chance that they could um, make another upset. So I'm going to go with the Jets. All right, Mete, getting to you, I guess, which way are you leaning here? I'm actually going to go with the Falcons. Uh, like I said, I feel like the Jets won because A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were out. And... Yeah, I feel like Falcons should win this. Uh, three points isn't the biggest margin, so they should be able to cover that. Yeah, I think both of these teams' offenses look really good last week compared to what we're used to seeing. Um, I think, to be honest, the Falcons should win this game. Do they cover? Maybe. 
I think I might lean for them to just win in cover, but honestly, in terms of the spread, it can go either way. I definitely like the Falcons to win, so I guess I'll just take them to cover as well. Um, and then just moving to the next game, um, it's Detroit against Minnesota, and I'll cover this one for fantasy. Um, in terms of Detroit, guys that you can start, um, DeAndre Swift, I know he didn't have the best game, but you still need to be rolling him out because you probably drafted him as your second or third running back. Um, TJ Hawkinson, rough game for him last couple weeks, but um, he's definitely getting targeted, so he should be started. You could probably look at Quintus Cephas and Khalif Raymond because, I mean, it's clear that they're going to be trailing in games. They're going to be throwing the ball. These two have been pretty productive over the past few weeks. I know Amon Ross St. Brown has been coming on uh, lately, but I probably would only start him in deep leagues. Um, Jamal Williams, he's sort of like a flex guy that might be startable in deep leagues. If you're really desperate in standard leagues, you could start him, but he's probably more of a deep league guy. Then Jared Goff's just too inconsistent to start in standard leagues, so he's probably a, a sit or a deep league start for me. Um, and then in terms of the, the Vikings, Kirk Cousins, you're going to start. He had a tough matchup against the Browns last week, but he's been solid every other game, so you got to start him. Dalvin Cook, same thing, rough matchup, should be good to go, a bit healthier also. Um, and then Justin Jefferson, probably the most solid fantasy guy on this team. You got to start him uh, next to Cook. And then um, Adam Thielen, rough game last game, but should get back on track. So you probably want to start him because you probably drafted him as your second or third receiver. And then sits for me, Alex Madison, most likely. Tyler Conklin, you could start him, but probably mostly in deeper leagues. And then KJ Osborne's just not getting enough targets to be relevant. So he's probably only a deep league start for me. Um, getting to the spread here for this game, um, it is eight and a half for the Vikings. Big spread. Um, I guess, Mette, I'll get to you first. Which way are you leaning here? Yeah, like you said, it's a big spread. And the Vikings have been really inconsistent this year. So I think I'm just going to side with the plus and the Detroit Lions. Nate, what about you? How do you feel about this game? Um, I feel like uh, if the Vikings were more uh, pass dependent, then maybe I would go with uh, the Lions. But the Vikings do have um, Dalvin Cook and the Lions. They're not as uh, good at defending the run. So it's going to be really easy for the Vikings to kind of get downfield and go into the end zone. So I'm going to go with the Vikings. Honestly, for me, just watching the Vikings defense last week against the Browns, I was pretty impressed with that. We saw how much trouble the Lions had with the Bears defense. So, I mean, if the Vikings can play that kind of defense, I don't see why they couldn't cover the eight and a half. Obviously, if it gets up to maybe 10 or so, I might have to lean with the Lions. But I think this looks doable for the Vikings. They are at home, too, and the Lions just can't seem to get anything done right now. Um so, yeah, I'm going to slightly lean with the Vikings here, even though it's at eight and a half. I think I kind of like that. Um, getting to the next game, New Orleans against Washington. Mete, preview this one for fantasy. All right, so for New Orleans, limited options. I'm only going for Alvin Kamara and Marquez Callaway. I'd go for in a deeper league. And then for Washington, I'm going uh, Taylor Heineke. Uh Especially if your quarterback has a rough matchup, you could you should definitely take a look at him. Tony Gibson, JD McKissick as a flex, especially in PPRs, he makes a lot of receptions. So yeah, and Terry McLaurin. Uh 
Rookie Seals Jones, who I was talking about, I definitely just leave him on the bench right now. Uh, see what kind of role he has, as it should be his first game as a starter. Yeah, you could probably roll him out in deeper leagues, but I guess other than that, it's probably a sit. Um, and then just getting to this game, looking at the spread, uh, the Saints are favored by two in this game. Uh, by the looks of it, Mete, which way are you leaning? Uh, by two, you said, the Saints? Yeah, I think there's different spreads. I'm seeing two, I'm seeing two and a half, I'm seeing one and a half. So I just went with the mean there and I went with two. Um, I guess, what, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, this is a tough one as I think it should be a close game. And I want to say New Orleans should win, but they've been really inconsistent. One week they look great, the other they don't. So, yeah, I guess I just go with plus uh, Washington as... Yeah, like I said, New Orleans, they've been inconsistent. It's kind of hard to trust them as the overdog. And then, uh, Nate, which way are you leaning here? Um, I think that it's pretty much going to come down to offense and who's going to outscore who. And I feel like um, New Orleans should be able to outscore um, Washington because of Alvin Kamara. So I guess the Saints could win, but there's a chance that Washington could beat them as well. So I feel like you should uh, pick Washington to cover. Yeah, this is a, a tough situation here. Actually, I just really don't know who the Saints are because they've been so inconsistent this season. But the fact that Washington football team's defense just hasn't looked like themselves is just really concerning to me as well. It's probably a stay away game for me. But if you, if I have to go with someone, I'll probably take the, the plus points with the football team at home. But other than that, it's probably a stay away for me. But I guess that's which side I'd probably lean. Um, just getting to the next game, uh, it's the Miami Dolphins against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess, Neil, I'll get to you for that fantasy preview. So I guess um, for Miami, you can kind of uh, start Devontae Parker. But keep in mind that he is questionable. Um, you can also start Jalen Waddell and um, Mike Gesicki. And I guess for Tampa Bay, you can start um, Tom Brady. Uh, Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. You could also start Jacoby Brissett for Miami as well if you expect him to, um, I guess, bounce back, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. There's just not a lot of options there for the Dolphins against this tough Bucks defense. The spreads got up to minus 10 for the Bucs. Uh, Nate, which way are you leaning here? Um, I guess I can... I feel like 10 is kind of a lot, so um, I guess I'll lean towards the Dolphins. All right, Mette, getting to you, which side would you sort of lean on here? Uh, it's a tough one. Like Nate said, 10 is a lot. But Buccaneers should win this, uh, especially without Tua there. So I might have to go with the Buccaneers. Yeah, just looking at this spread here, uh, I guess it opened at minus seven and a half. I would have said Bucks for sure there. It gets up to minus 10. We criticized Buffalo last week saying they probably wouldn't be able to cover such a big spread, and they did. They had a good defense and a good offense, and I think it's the same with the Buccaneers. They have a good defense and a good offense. I don't see why they can't cover 10 points. Uh, Miami... I mean, they just haven't been able to put up much of a fight against some of the teams. And I think the Bucs definitely are a solid team. So, yeah, I definitely think they can cover the 10 points here. 
I'm just getting to the next game here. New England Patriots against the Houston Texans. I guess I'll do the fantasy preview for this one. Um, for New England, I think you can roll out Mac Jones in this game. He looked really solid last game against a tough Bucks defense. It's going to be a much easier task for him against Houston. Deep leagues, for sure, you should be rolling him out because um, it's an easier matchup. And I guess standard leagues, it just depends on your other quarterback's matchup. Uh, and then Damian Harris will be a much better spot for him, so roll him out. And then Jacoby Myers is the number one receiver in this offense, so you got to roll him out for sure. And then, guys, you should sit or maybe only start in deep leagues, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jonu Smith, and Hunter Henry. Um, and then in terms of the Texans, I've been saying it every week. I'm just going to say it again. Brandon Cooks is the only startable guy in this offense because there's really not much else coming from the rest of the offense. Probably should be sitting Mark Ingram. He might be a deep league start, but probably just sit him. Sit Davis Mills, David Johnson, and also Philip Lindsay as well. Um, and then getting to the spread for this game, um, it's now minus eight and a half for the Patriots. Uh, Nate, I'll start with you. Um, which way are you leaning here? Um, I feel like the Patriots can potentially cover this depending on how, um, I guess, their defense plays. Um, I guess Houston just hasn't been looking the same ever since Tyrod Taylor left. So I don't really trust them to uh, be able to win or cover against the Patriots. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Mete, getting to you, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, like you said, Nate, Houston has not looked the same uh, without Tyra Taylor. It's really hard to trust them. So even though it is kind of a larger spread, I trust the Patriots more. Yeah, for sure. I think looking at it at minus eight and a half right now, I think that's a no-brainer to take the Patriots. It's probably going to climb up closer to 10 by the time we get to Sunday. If it gets to double digits, I might question it. But as of right now, if it's a single digit spread, I think the Patriots are a no-brainer here. Houston just was not able to generate any offense in the past two weeks with Davis Mills. Um, I think they're also going to have a lot of difficulty against this Patriots defense. So yeah, I definitely like the Patriots also. Um, and then just getting to the next game, Matt, I'll get to you. Green Bay against Cincinnati. Uh, preview that one. Yeah, so for Green Bay, uh, you want to start Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb in deeper leagues is definitely an option as he had a great game last week. And then for Cincinnati, Joe Mixon, Joe Burrow in deeper leagues, you could definitely take a look at uh, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, and T. Higgins, if he plays, he, I think he's questionable right now, and I think he got a limited practice today, so he definitely has a chance to play this week. Yeah, and I guess if Joe Mixon and T. Higgins don't play, uh, would you start like Samaj P. Ryan or C.J. Uzama, or I guess what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely if Mixon doesn't play, you could start P. Ryan, but yeah, if he's not playing, don't start P. Ryan. Uh, CJ, uh, I don't know. I'm not too sure about him. Like you said, uh, this was his first really good game. So maybe just uh, wait and see one more week. Yeah, for sure. Um, like he said, um, just roll him out, I guess, if you're desperate. But other than that, you should probably wait and see. Uh, the spread right now is minus three for the Packers. I guess, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Minus three is... Uh, not that big of a spread. Packers have been on a three-game win streak really good lately, so I'd go with the Packers. All right, Nate, getting to you, which way are you leaning here? 
Um, I feel like this is uh, really winnable for the Packers. Um, they've been finding ways to win against really tough defenses, even though the Bengals do have a tough defense. So I'm going to go with um, Green Bay. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like a game that uh, Green Bay should be winning uh, by a lot more. I don't know. I think that Thursday night performance has really beefed up this spread. I think it should be closer where it opened at minus six. So, yeah, this definitely seems like a must pick for the Green Bay Packers, even if they're on the road. I definitely like them to win and cover. Um, I guess getting to the next game here, Nate, I'll get to you for Denver against Pittsburgh. So for, I guess, Denver, uh, you can, I guess, take a look at uh, maybe Melvin Gordon, uh, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant. And if Teddy Bridgewater is healthy, you could start him, but um, you're going to have to check to see first. And I guess for um, Pittsburgh, you can start uh, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, uh, Juju, and Chase Claypool. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely want to check on the status of Teddy Bridgewater. Um, just getting to the spread now. Um, it is minus one for the Steelers. Uh, Nate, I guess just getting to which way are you leaning here? Um, I guess I feel like this could maybe go um, either way. If Teddy Bridgewater is in, then I would go with um, Denver. But if he's not, then I'm going to go with the Steelers. Yeah, I think I feel the same way as you definitely would lean the Broncos. Uh, if Teddy's playing, I definitely like the way Teddy has been playing. Uh, yeah, he's just able to help this offense generate. But yeah, if he's not playing, you definitely got to lean with Pittsburgh and their their defense. But I guess, Mete, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm with you guys. I feel like if Teddy plays, they should cover that. And if he doesn't, Steelers should win that or else they're in trouble. Yeah, I think this is one of the games where if Teddy's confirmed as the starter, I guess the spread could like flip. So like I think the Broncos might end up being the minus one. So I think it would just depend there, um, you know, who would be the favorite depending on whether he plays or not. But yeah, I definitely like the Broncos overall, just not with Drew Locke. Um, and then I guess just getting to the next game, um, Philly against Carolina. I'll take a look at the fantasy preview for this game. Um, I guess guys that you can start from Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, um, Miles Sanders, I guess you have to because you, you drafted him early. Unless you have another option, he really hasn't been getting a lot of work, but um, maybe this is the matchup where he gets it going. So there's a possibility you might have to start him. Then Devontae Smith, he's the number one receiver on this team. He's been really solid. You got to start him for sure. And then I guess guys that you probably should sit or only start in deep leagues. Uh, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, and Kenneth Gainwell. Um, and then getting to the Panthers, um, you should be starting Sam Darnold, uh, Chuba Hubbard, and DJ Moore, who's been really solid. And then guys that maybe you could roll out in a deep league or probably sit uh, is Terrace Marshall, Robbie Anderson, and Tommy Tremble. So um, let's get to the spread now for this game. The Panthers are favored by three and a half. I guess, Mette, I'll start with you here. I guess, which way are you leaning? Uh, I'd go with Carolina three and a half. It's not that big of a spread and yeah, Philadelphia, they're on a three game losing streak. They haven't been too impressive. So I'd go with the Panthers. All right, Nate, how about you? Which way are you looking here? Um, 
there is a chance that maybe the Eagles would play better, but Carolina has a really good uh, defense. And I guess minus three and a half, basically you just have to get like two field goals to win. So I'm going to go with the Panthers. Yeah, I might have to lean with the Panthers as well, just because they're at home. I think if this was flipped, I might go with the Eagles in terms of home and away. But yeah, I I definitely like uh, the Panthers at home. They should win by around a touchdown. Um, so yeah, I, I definitely like uh, the play for that one there. All right, let's get to Tennessee against Jacksonville. I guess, Metti, I'll get to you uh, for the fantasy preview for this. All right, so for Tennessee, I'm going for Derrick Henry. Uh, I'd go for Ryan Tannehill if you're in a deeper league and your quarterback has a bad uh, matchup. Julio Jones and A.J. Brown if they're playing. And then Jacksonville, I'd go for James Robinson, Marvin Jones. And now I'd play LaVisca Chanel. Uh, uh, DJ Chark is going to be out for the year, it looks like. So, yeah, I think Chanel, he's going to get a lot of more targets. Yeah, I definitely agree. He definitely should be rolled out here against this poor um, Tennessee defense. Um, just looking at the spread, Tennessee is favored by minus four. I guess, Mete, which way are you looking here? Yeah, for uh, Tennessee to only be favored by four, I think is they're kind of sleeping on them. The Jaguars, they haven't been too impressive. They're still on four, so I'd go for the Titans. All right, Nate, which way would you lean here on the spread? I feel like if the spread was bigger, like, I don't know, like seven and a half or something, you could go with the Jaguars, but I think I'm going to go with the Titans on this. Yeah, I honestly feel like it's a little disrespectful to the Titans. Um, I feel like that, I guess, if Julio or A.J. Brown are confirmed, maybe the spread might climb a little bit. Um, as of right now, I think it's probably only going to be A.J. Brown playing, so I probably would go with the Titans still. If both of them are ruled out, I might actually lean Jacksonville, to be honest. But yeah, as of right now, um, I definitely like Tennessee at minus four here. Um, I guess getting to the next game, um, I'll get to you, Nate. It's uh, Cleveland against the LA Chargers. Preview that one for fantasy. All right. So I guess for Cleveland, you can start um, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, Odell, Rashard Higgins. And in deep leagues, you can maybe start Austin Hooper or um, uh, Baker Mayfield in, like, I guess, really deep leagues. And I guess for the Chargers, you can start Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and Jared Cook. All right, for sure. And um, just getting to the spread here, it uh, looks like the Chargers are favored at minus two. Um, I guess, Nate, which way are you leaning here? Um, I guess I'm going to lean to the Browns. I mean, I am a Browns fan, but at the same time, I feel like um, matchup-wise, this is kind of better for the Browns than, than the Chargers since the Chargers are better at defending the pass than they are at defending the run. And Cleveland has a really good run game, so they should be able to lean into that and maybe even pull an upset. Yeah, I've noticed how many rush yards the Chargers have been giving up week by week. And um, I think they're only favored because they're at home. But, yeah, I will lean with the Browns also. I feel like that they really don't need to use that many passes to win this game. They can just run the ball. And, yeah, I think plus two seems like a good spread to be getting the Browns at. So I like that. Um, I guess, Mette, what are your thoughts on this spread? 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. I think the Browns should win this game as well. And for them to be plus, uh, yeah, I think they cover that. So I'd go with the Browns as well. Yeah, for sure. And um, getting to the next game, it's the Chicago Bears against the Las Vegas Raiders. I'll preview that one for fantasy. Um, I think for the Bears, uh, you can start Damian Williams. Obviously, he should be the starter now for them. Um, I mean, Allen Robinson, I guess you have to roll him out because you drafted him early. He should produce at, at some point. I think this might be the week maybe against uh, um, this Raiders uh, defense. They have been better lately, but I think they still can get scored on, as we saw on Monday night. And then Darnell Mooney, yeah, we talked about his targets, so um, he's definitely another guy you can roll out. Probably don't start Justin Fields yet. Uh, he hasn't been producing fantasy-wise. He has been good on a on an actual level, but um, in terms of fantasy, not yet. Um, Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham are pretty much touchdown dependent, so you probably can't start them, as well as any other receiver from Chicago. And then getting to the Raiders, um, I think you can start Derek Carr here. Um, it seems like the run defense on Chicago is a lot stronger than the pass defense. You might want to utilize him. Uh, Josh Jacobs getting a lot of carries. Probably want to lean into him, even against a tough defense. Hunter Renfro is getting targeted red zone or just in the middle of the field, so definitely start him. Henry Ruggs as well is pretty much becoming that number one option uh, in terms of deep threat or X uh, receiver, so definitely um, start him. And then um, Darren Waller, you know, he's going to get most of the targets here, so he's another guy you can roll out. And then Kenyon Drake and Brian Edwards are just deep league looks only. Um, getting to the spread in this game, um, it looks like the Raiders are favored by five. Uh, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Uh, close call. Um, I guess I'd go with the Raiders. Uh, they just have to win by a touchdown, and they're a good team. They just had a rough week. I think they should rebound. All right, Nate, uh, getting to you, I guess, which way would you lean here? Um, I guess it's kind of hard to say. Um, it's going to kind of, I guess, depends on um, whose defense is kind of um, more awake. But I guess I'll, I'll go with the Raiders on this, mainly just because um, Justin Fields has been, he's not unproven, but I just want to see more from him first. Yeah, I think I'm going to lean with the Raiders as well. Of course, they're at home, and Chicago just can't seem to cover uh, when they're an underdog, when they're a favorite, they just seem to be able to win. The, the two games they were favored in um, against both the Bengals and the Lions, they won both of them. But all of the games they've been underdogs, they've just been getting blown out. This could be another one of those games, I feel like, for the Raiders, sort of a bounce back for them. I definitely like that. So, yeah, I will lean uh, with the Raiders as well. Um, getting to the next game here, Mete, I'll get to you. New York Giants against Dallas Cowboys, I guess, preview this game for fantasy. Yeah, so for the Giants, you could start Daniel Jones in deeper leagues, especially if your quarterback has a bad matchup. He's been lights out lately. Saquon Barkley, uh, Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, if he plays, I think he's back to practicing, so he's got a chance to play. If he doesn't play, you could go for Kadarius Toney. Uh, he had a really good game actually without Shepard on the field. So yeah, if Shepard's not out there, especially if you're in a deeper league, you could look at Kadarius Tony. And then for the Cowboys, I'd go Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard in deeper leagues as a flex. 
Mari Cooper, CD Lamb, and could go for Dalton Schultz. He's been amazing lately. Yeah, he has been amazing lately. And um, just getting to the spread for this game, Cowboys are favored by seven at home. Uh, Mete, I assume you're just going to ride with the Cowboys. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Seven is not that little. And Giants, they're coming off a solid win against the Saints. So, yeah, I guess I could go with the Cowboys, but I feel like Giants are better than what people are giving them credit for. All right, Nate, and, and getting to you, I guess, how do you feel about this game? Um, it's hard to say. I mean, um, the Cowboys, they do they don't necessarily have the best passing defense, but they do have a good run defense. So um it's gonna come down, I guess, on the Cowboys side to can they um slow down Saquon Barkley enough to kind of catch up. And I guess for the Giants, they do have a better overall defense than the Cowboys, but I feel like they do have a little bit um, more holes, and I feel like uh, the Dallas offense should be good enough to exploit it. So I guess I can go with the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm just looking at this game, and I feel like it, it could be like, I don't know, I'm seeing like a four-point win for the Cowboys or something. It could be like 34 to 30, something like that. Uh, it's just it's really tough to see like some of these division games not being tight. So I might lean slightly towards the Giants. Honestly, I, I feel like the Cowboys should win this game outright, but uh, it's just one of those games where when it's a divisional game and you see a, a big spread that's like a touchdown or more, it kind of makes me want to lean towards the Giants. So I'm going to sort of lean there. Um, getting to the next game, Arizona against San Francisco. Nate, just preview this one for fantasy. So I guess for um, Arizona, they have a lot of players that you can start. Um, Kyler Murray, Chase Edmonds. James Conner, DeAndre Hopkins, Rondale Moore, uh, AJ, AJ Green, and uh, Christian Kirk. I think they're all startable for Arizona. And for San Francisco, you can maybe take a look at Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. There might be like other players that you might be able to start in deeper leagues, but I feel like these three are kind of the, I guess, best choices. I guess, what are your thoughts on, um, you know, potentially starting Trey Lance here? Um, and I don't know, Trey Sermon, I guess, what are your thoughts there? Trey Sermon, maybe, but Trey Lance, the only, I guess maybe you can, you can start him. It's just that, um, the Cardinals defense has been pretty solid, but I think there might be a chance that you might be able to start Trey Lance depending on, um, how, I guess, how the Arizona defense, uh, play San Francisco. Yeah, for sure. Um, probably uh, deep leagues for sure you can start them and then maybe, I guess, just take a look uh, depending on who you have in standard leagues. Um, just getting to the spread now, um, it opened with the 49ers being favored, but it's now flipped. The Cardinals are favored by five and a half points. Uh, Nate, which way are you leaning here? I think I'm going to lean with the Cardinals mainly because um... – They've been able to like almost steamroll every team that they've come across so far. I mean, San Francisco, they're a really solid team, but I feel like um, this is kind of Arizona's year for their regular season, at least if not for like kind of the, the playoffs. So I'm going to go with Arizona. All right, Mete, which way are you leaning here? Yeah, the Cardinals have been really hot and 
uh, they don't have to win by that much, so I just go with them. Yeah, um, just looking at this game, I think with this division, I think I've learned from my mistakes that uh, taking the Rams as a favorite last time was not good. And um, I think in these games, they're won by like a score usually. Um, I know the Cardinals did blow out the Rams, but I don't know. I think the 49ers somehow, they, they keep it close. I mean, they're, they're really in a tough spot in this division. I believe they are the fourth place team now in this division. Um, it's going to be tough for them. Lance, I, I know he, he looked good last game, but I mean, he'll be more prepared coming in. Cardinals should win, but I do think the 49ers definitely keep it close. So yeah, I will lean uh, with the plus here. Um, and then getting to the Sunday night game, Buffalo against Kansas City. I'll just preview that for fantasy. Uh, for Buffalo, um, against this really bad Kansas City defense, I think you can pretty much just roll out most of their players, uh, Josh Allen, Zach Moss, Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley, and I guess Dawson Knox now. He seems to be catching a lot of touchdowns, so you could probably lean uh, to rolling him out. Um, probably sit Gabriel Davis, and maybe only start Devin Singletary in deep leagues, but uh, yeah, that's probably what I'm leaning to. Um, and then, yeah, for the Chiefs, you're starting Patrick Mahomes, you're starting Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey for sure. And then I guess guys that maybe you could look at in deep leagues or, or maybe you could sit them depending, um, Byron Pringle, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, and then I guess Josh Gordon if he plays. But uh, that's probably what I'd go with for the Chiefs. Um, just looking at this spread here, um, it is two and a half in favor of the Chiefs. They did cover last week or breaking their non-covering streak. Um, I guess, Nate, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, who are you leaning towards here? Um, I mean, if it was last year, I would have leaned towards the Chiefs, but um, their defense isn't looking um, like what it used to be. I'm guessing their favorite mainly because they're expecting a shootout and maybe they think, I guess, Patrick Mahomes can outshoot uh, Josh Allen, but I don't think that's going to be the case this week. I feel like um, Buffalo should be able to cover this. All right, and Mete, just getting to you, I guess, so what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm with Nate. Uh, the Chiefs defense has been horrible. And Buffalo, they're plus. So, yeah, I feel like they don't even have to win this game. So I think they can cover this and keep it close. Yeah, I don't know. This feels like one of these games, like you said, where maybe the Chiefs might be trailing and then uh, maybe they'll try and come back at the end. Even if they come back, there's no guarantee that they're going to cover. So I think you definitely have to lean with the Bills here. I'm going to lean with the Bills because I fully expect the Chiefs to be in comeback mode in this game and definitely try and put up a lot of points on the board. They could come out with the win, but I really don't see them covering this game, um, especially since there's a chance that this gets up to three or more. Uh, I definitely lean, um, like you said, with the plus on the Bills here. And then uh, just getting to the Monday night game, uh, Indianapolis against Baltimore. Matt Taylor, you preview that, preview that for fantasy. Yeah, so for Baltimore, you go for Lamar Jackson, Latavius Murray. He looks like he's the new running back one. Marquise Brown, he's looked great. Uh, and Mark Andrews. For the Ravens, or the Colts, sorry, uh, I'd go for Jonathan Taylor. Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal in deeper leagues you could take a look at. Outside of those guys, uh, I can't really trust too many Colts right now. All right. And uh, just looking at the spread, 
Uh, it is a six and a half in favor of the Ravens. Uh, Mete, which way are you leaning? Uh, I think I'd go for Indianapolis, honestly. Uh, like I've been saying, they're better than their one and three record, and they don't even have to win to cover. So I think they could do it. All right, Nate, getting to you, I guess, which way would you lean here? Um, I guess maybe you can uh, lean towards um, Indianapolis on this one. Yeah, I'm just looking at this spread. I, I know it opened at four, got up to six and a half. I feel like it's getting up too high. Could get up to seven or seven and a half. You definitely have to go with the Colts here. They're definitely a team that's been playing lower than their expectation. Obviously, they've had injuries. Um, but yeah, this Ravens team... I mean, in primetime games, they've been up and down. We don't know what we're going to get from them. There's no guarantee they're going to win this game. So, yeah, I definitely lean with the Colts here for sure. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much going to be the end of the preview. Um, yeah, it's, there's going to be a lot of great games this coming week. Definitely uh, looking forward to it. And, yeah, make sure you check us out um, on Instagram and Twitter at FanFanPodcast. Uh, we've been posting picks for all the games. Make sure you go check them out. Check out the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I guess make sure you like, subscribe, share, hit the bell for notifications on YouTube, leave us a review, all that good stuff. And guys, um, week by week, the NFL is getting more interesting every week. I can't wait for it. And we'll talk to you guys on the next episode.